So this week's episode is sponsored by Solisca Tequila, and it's my favorite tequila because it's the only tequila that I can sip all night or take shots of or have a tequila soda with three limes, my favorite drink, and not feel awful the next day. And it has this coffee essence to it, like it tastes like a mocha. I'm into it. I'm a big fan, and I know you'd like it too. Cheers. Hi, Serge. Hi, Corey. I'm so happy you're here. Yeah, same here. Thanks for having me. So this is episode eight, first episode of season two and 2024. Well, this has been a long time coming. I've been quietly obsessing over you and your projects for a while. So thank you for calling in sick to NASA to be here. I'm honored. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm happy to be here. And uh, uh, it's it's great to share whatever I can and answer any questions and have a cool discussion. Mm-hmm. You've got an exciting brain. And we're going to get into it. First, let's play a little icebreaker game sure. that I crafted. And we'll just kind of get to know you, like the well-rounded version of you. So, finish these sentences for me. I feel powerful when? Um, when I'm thinking. Heat. Music makes me? Wonder. It's poetic. My dreams are usually? Very vivid. Lucky. He doesn't smoke weed. <laughs> when you die, you? Um... Or we? You, you just, I believe you would reincarnate or we reincarnate or we trans, transform into a different form of energy mm-hmm. and uh, we go out there into the cosmos. That's somehow. what I believe too. Yeah. yeah. So someone that smart believes the same thing as me. I'm just saying, just saying. My guilty pleasure is. Coffee. That's a good one. Drinking coffee. Yeah. A lot of it. <laughs> You're not alone. I'm so proud of. Um, everything I was able to accomplish. It's, uh, it's, yeah. So far. You're just getting started. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Corey is. Awesome and kind. And amazing. Thank you. I'm glad I threw that one in. I love my. I love my life. It's not perfect, but I I do love it. Honestly, it's it's never gonna be perfect, but I uh, I just yeah yeah I think that's uh, sums it up. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the 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 fusion of the balance of every single thing that happened and is happening. Made some good choices. Like, yeah, I love to hear that. I love people that are passionate and living their dreams and define their own success. So thank you for saying for sharing that. I really regret. I really regret not getting into science or space earlier as a kid, but um, that was out of my control to a certain degree. Uh, you know, uh, opportunities need to be there for people to. Uh, get involved and uh, fortunately that wasn't an option for me mm-hmm. and uh, yeah that's one of my regrets because I could I could have known so much sooner and earlier in my life 
or at least grow up in a certain way. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's about timing, though, and you're exactly where you're supposed to be. So everything before the science and the space just led you to who you are now. Exactly. Right? I, that's that's yeah. That's the that's the thing I think about. You know, but I usually don't generally think about my regrets because totally it's in the past. And of course, uh, you know, but I made you not think gonna, about it. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the things you made me think about today. I'm like, what do I regret? You know, <laughs> I thought about mine today. I regret not calling my favorite uncle more call them my last meal would have to be it's a tough one i don't know i maybe truffle pizza incredible choice yeah simple but also you know very very nice and delicious i will always always vouch for italian yep being the italian i am i worry about um the future a little bit and the next generation. Okay, I was like, your future or our future? Our future. Our future. Fair. Definitely. Uh, there are certain things and habits and certain trends out there that, that make me worry, especially on social media and socially. So it's. Uh, Can we please have one example? <clears throat> That's so exciting. I mean, I see a lot of different uh, things on TikTok, for example, or uh, people doing different challenges and reels and. Um, like, is this the best way to spend, you know, our time? Um, not only talking about kids, uh, just talking about even adults. I feel really? like, um, a lot of times we are, we're bored and uh, we feel like we don't have a purpose. So we just give in on different, uh, trends that we see out there and we, it's, it's, it's only motivating the next generation to, um, take shortcuts which is not how life works. You get lucky once or twice with shortcuts, but it's not sustainable. I'm with you. I always say that like Gen Zombie wants to be famous, wants to be rich, which is fine, which is fair, but they don't want to get out of bed to do it. They're like, I'm going to be rich like Justin Lin. It's just, it's so, you know what it is? It's just, it's <laughs> sad because there's so many options. This is the most auspicious time and we can do anything we want. And everyone's just like, pooing it exactly <laughs> everything's available everything. everything is accessible it's mm -hmm. out there i mean we have the internet and we're just not doing it right i would definitely agree yeah nothing makes me happier than seeing people happy and pursuing their dreams and um succeeding be feeling fulfilled mm -hmm. um, real. yeah because that's that brings the best out of them, and then I want to be with the best version of of them with them. So I we, love that. yeah, I'm gonna start using that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, get inspired, live inspired, and inspire others, and all of a sudden you will be surrounded by that inspiration, and you create a community around you that will, you know, sustain you in that success. I completely agree. My favorite thing about myself is? Is, um, yeah, it's a good one. Like, there's so many. <laughs> the ability to, to just, like, make something happen. Uh, the ability to, to, to dream about it or to, to think about it and also put it, put it into action. 
and also, you know, uh, bring it into realization, actualization. So that's, I feel like that really comes down to, I don't want to sound really, um, I don't want to show off in a way, but it's like, it's very similar to, to creation, you know, like how you create something and how things were created around us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having the ability to do that, it requires discipline, practice. And I love that about myself that I was able to acquire it over the years of training. So I say something very similar about myself in a much simpler way, but I love that I always do what I say I'm going to do. Yeah, that's it's important. Kind of similar, right? Yeah. I add, I added that one in because I want people to be proud of the things that make them so special. I think it's exciting. It's uh it is. I hope the world remembers me for uh my good deeds and achievements. Right on. That's uh that's that's the only way to leave this place. Amen. Better than we found them, right? Absolutely. I remember you telling me that you moved to LA 12 years ago like me. Yeah, yeah, I did. Where'd you I, move from? I moved from Lebanon. Um, so I'm Armenian-Lebanese and uh, mm. I grew up there partially and then I moved here. Um, and uh, we moved with the family and that was just a collective decision um, that we had to make because our extended family was here and uh, we had the family business back there and then my dad decided that it's time. So I always had the ambition and also the plan to be out here at some point, but I never knew when when that was going to be. And your family pushed you here. Did you ever imagine growing up in Lebanon that you'd be a NASA engineer? Not really, honestly. Um, things were very different there. Um, you know, the, coming back to you know, the regret about not getting into science at an earlier age. That's that's one of them. You know, the opportunities weren't basically there. And I mean, the knowledge wasn't that accessible as well. Um, yeah, sure. You could learn about the solar system, different planets, um, uh, biology, but it was very limited in terms of, you know, even being motivated uh, to be an astronaut. People would just... Uh, like yeah right mm-hmm. what is this rocket um, scientist <laughs> but i never thought i had the opportunity to become um you know who i am today well your parents must be so proud i, I hope proud, so right i hope so yeah and also proud that you're almost done with grad school at usc yes finally how can you possibly have time to be an astronautical engineer grad student and also work for a government agency. It's it's tough. The balance you have to establish the balance, but they're actually very relevant. And the decision to get into the grad program um, happened during COVID when I was when I was interning at NASA. Genius. And uh, and I saw a lot of similarities, and I actually realized what I need to learn because I studied computer science um, for my bachelor's. Um, and I wanted to learn more about um, space and space systems, how how space even works for um, for for us, you know, human space travel, um, also robotic exploration, um, space environments. Um, 
And I found this really specialized program at USC uh, that teaches you how to architect and, uh, and engineer these systems and specifically for space uh, systems. And uh, a, lot of the, a lot of my teachers actually work with me um, at JPL. So that's a uh, very... No way. Yeah. That's that was, must feel good to work with your mentors. It's good, but they do have, you know, very, very high expectations, which is the downside of things. Pressure um, makes diamonds. Exactly. If you weren't ready, if you didn't deserve to be in those labs with them, then you wouldn't be. That's, that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you're in the hustle phase. Well, luckily for you, you have a creative outlet as a house music producer. Uh, yeah, more like a DJ um, and producer. I've produced a few things, but... Um, and you put those sets together <laughs> and you're known as Atmana. Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that you DJed uh, since 2017 at a lot of venues around LA. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I, I started basically playing music and I was inspired by my DJ friends um, at the time. Um, still, you know, uh, some of my closest friends who That's really cool. motivated me to get into it. Um, and it simply just started by, I, I was always fascinated by electronic music and uh, I, I listened to really good um, um, people uh, who were, you know, known for their music um, uh, since I was probably 15, 16. Um, so I had a good ear for, for, for good music. And eventually at some point I was just helping my friends uh, sort of collect tracks and uh, set up playlists, you know, for their gigs. And, you know, they looked at me, they said, well, well why don't you DJ? You know, like, it seems like, you know, you know exactly how, what to do and like the mindset of like how to approach it. And then that's basically how it started. It was very um, unofficial, informal, but then it turned, out, it turned into something um, more professional that I did during my undergrad um, uh, while studying. Um, it, was, it was a great way to, you know, build a social circle and also express myself, you know, get, get my creative side uh, um, in check and also, you know, make some money too. Well, you know what? Growing up, we're all fed this narrative that you have to make this big decision to either choose the creative route or the more academic corporate route. And you are such a beautiful, inspiring example of someone who literally chose both, thrives in both, has time for both, and makes money for both. <laughs> like, I'm going to put you on a poster with that quote. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure, but... Um, I looked at your all your sets in LA. There's a lot. Like, people are hiring you. You're not just like, I'm going to just, like, hop on. Like, people are seeking you out as an artist. Yeah, yeah. That that took time to, you know, build the the, the reputation and also the, the audience. Um, and it was just honestly, I was I was very passionate and, and and direct and pure about it, you know. Making money wasn't really the main approach to it or, you know, being famous or, you know, having some sort of following. I, I just did it for the love of music. Do you feel comfortable and confident with your decision to pick engineering over music? You feel like you were more aligned with your purpose? I I don't think I did I don't think I picked something over the other. To focus on? To fo yeah, it's it's about prioritizing. I'm 
curious, what is like a NASA work environment like? Is everyone very competitive or is it collaborative? Uh, um, <laughs> it's a very unique environment. Um, you see a lot of different uh, types of people. Um, competition is there, but it, it's, it's there in a healthy way. So I wouldn't say it's, it's toxic, but, it's, uh, but people are, are trying to compete with themselves more than other people. Um, and this, this is my, my own opinion. Other people may perceive it differently, but I feel the same way. I'm always competing to become better and better, and that naturally creates some sort of a competitive environment because everyone, if everyone's trying to advance, you've got you've got this community that's trying to advance in their own ways. So that it creates a natural competition, but it's healthy because it 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 keeps people motivated. Um, it it keeps everyone in check uh, with themselves, with the project, with 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 others. Um, but it's people are very kind. They're they're willing to share their knowledge. They spend so much time learning and studying, um, acquiring different skills. So they're they're really they would they would be proud to you know speak about specific things and you know tell you how to do things a lot of times i mean the, the hardest part is to get you know a, a, some time with them that is the hardest part but you know once you do once you organize that sometimes i have to wait for weeks wow yeah, yeah we have some some really interesting and the smartest people in the world subject matter experts uh high level people who who really are booked completely. Um, I can imagine. When you get like the time. Dreaming. <laughs> I'm like, that's where my husband is. <laughs> yeah, possibly, yeah. yeah. The nerdier, the better. And for the Europa Clipper, one of my favorite projects, that's launching relatively soon, right? Yeah, yeah, we're very close to launch. Um, we're, we're about to send the spacecraft um, out to Cape Canaveral in May. I believe, and then um, it launches in October. Wow! And when will it reach Jupiter's orbit? Mm. So I believe the the latest date that I'm aware of is April 2030. You know, things take time. Um, there was a plan to launch it with a different uh, rocket. Um, and that would have taken about four to four and a half years. Oh, it would have been quicker. Yeah, but, you know, it would have been more expensive. So, right. you know, they decided to go with SpaceX as, as, a, as a launch provider oh. uh, instead of uh, NASA's uh, SLS. And Europa is one of Jupiter's oceanic moons, correct? Yes. And this is a follow-up study based off of their previous one where they found a saltwater ocean underneath Europa Clipper's ice crust. Is that correct? Uh, it is a follow-on mission uh, to what um, Galileo, uh, the, the, the space mission, uh, investigated um, for a few years. It went out there to the Jovian system and did multiple flybys and um, studied each moon. The, when we call them the Galilean moons. Uh, Jupiter has somewhere between 92 to 97 moons. It's 
They're all different? They're, they're yeah, very different, but there are smaller ones. Uh, but these, uh, I mean, the Galilean moons are the, the, the big ones that uh, very, are very similar to, you know, in size to our moon. Depending on what we want to study, we want to see if it's, uh, we first want to um, investigate for signs of any life, and that could be bacterial or, uh, or organic because it's got, you know, salt water, um, but also we want to investigate its habitability. Uh, we want to make sure that, you know, we want to, we want to see if we could possibly, it could, if it could possibly host any sort of life there in the future. The reason why we, it takes us six, six and a half years to get there is because we have to do uh, gravity assists. That's what we call uh, gravity assist is when we sort of, use another planet's gravitational field um, and then boomerang basically out of out of that orbit into you know the destination so europa clipper launches from earth goes to mars does a gravity assist we call the mars gravity assist mga and then comes back to earth does an earth gravity assist and shoots up to jupiter I want to know about your X-57 and your X-59. Can you just tell us quickly the distinction between the two and what they are? Sure. Um, so so I worked on the X-57 at Armstrong, and that was, uh, you know, the NASA's all-electric aircraft, world's first electric aircraft. First electric aircraft. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very cool concept and the very futuristic design sort of um and then the idea was to sort of uh, figure out advanced electric propulsion systems that could be viable for commercial use in the future for certification. Oh, so that wasn't a commercial use vehicle? No, no. So, <laughs> the, so the X stands for experimental aircraft. Got and it. then these, these are a series of experimental aircrafts that NASA usually uses to introduce something to the field. So, you know, the X-1E, the X-15, these are all you know, classic, classic programs that allowed us to basically get to where we are, even in, 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 in space propulsion. So, um, yeah, these are just missions that introduce something new to the world of aviation. And a lot of times these are, uh, sort of, uh, techniques to seek certification by the FAA, because if you're not certified by the FAA, you're never gonna you're never gonna fly and uh, that's a, that's the exact thing that's uh, th- that's happening with x59 right now so x59 is the 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 low boom um, quite supersonic did i say it right quest so quiet low boom supersonic um, aircraft so faster than the speed of sound it Yes, it does fly, you know, at you know faster than the speed of sound, and it's Casual. supposed to. It's <laughs> crazy. We have we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of aircraft that that have done that and can do that. But what's special about this one is that it's got a very futuristic design. Um, the entire aircraft looks like um, a needle if you look at it. But so comparatively. If you were to fly from here to New York with that supersonic aircraft, like how much faster would it be? How long would it take LA to New York? 
I think probably like one third of the time. Wow. Which is which is pretty decent. Maybe they might start with like you know uh, four hours instead of uh, I don't know eight six. six. Yeah. yeah. And the supersonic boom wouldn't bother people's ears. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, you know uh, so 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 the observers people on the ground usually hear those sonic booms and we had the concords uh, back then uh, which basically flew in supersonic speeds but it wasn't a successful program because um, and those were you know commercial uh, uh, aircraft so it was they you know they were they were banned from use because they were um, creating a lot of uh, noise pollution and disturbance um, around communities and also there were a lot of like um, technical challenges that they couldn't really uh, fix. It was very expensive at the time. So now the X-59 is seeking um, a certification approach and trying to convince the FAA with its new body design um, that it could reduce the sonic boom by, I believe, 75 or 80 percent. I wonder when they're going to be available commercially. I guess we'll see. Yeah. So now... We're going to get into one of my other favorite topics. Can you please tell us about your project with Deep Dream? Oh, yeah. Deep Dream is uh, it's one of my personal projects. Um, personal. Yeah. You're an overachiever, and it's, I love it. <laughs> I, I wish I had more time to work on it, but um, it's, been, it's been in development um, for, for about a year now. Oh, um, it's fresh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been trying to find different ways to implement it. There's a lot of trial and error with it at the moment. Um, I mean, the idea is to basically recreate the conditions um, that humans usually employ to or go through to 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 dream or fall into a dream. But I'm doing that artificially, utilizing AI. Well, you could watch your dreams back, right? You could possibly do that. Um, um, where the where the project stands right now, it basically provides um, a, a model, um, a very intelligent model of uh, a human, you know, a part of a human brain. Let's call it, you know, with, that employs um, you know a bunch of neural networks, um, and then we're able to basically the idea is to start you know, recreate certain conditions and these conditions are represented by, um, you know, um, variables. And then um, by tweaking these variables, we can tweak the condition or the environment of, you know, that person. You know, if you're, let's say, if you're out in the wild, there are certain factors. Um, you know, if you were trying to sleep while camping, there are certain factors that are different. So th these parameters allow us to basically um, um, control the environment that we want that artificial intelligent model to start dreaming and we start with a prompt and a keyword and um, for me you know there are different different ways to do it if i'm doing it you know custom for a person i would learn about you know their habits about themselves and then start it in that way and what i'm interested in knowing is where we started where we end up um, um, in a dream or the process of generating these dreams, does it does it have anything to do with what does it have to do with? 
the start, the conditions, the parameters. So there's a there's a million different experiments that you could run. But and also, you know, coming to watching the dreams, you could visualize them because these are basically, you know, storylines. And now thanks to um, AI and generative AI specifically, we're able to visualize them. So you could watch them on a screen? You could watch them on a screen, yeah. Um, you know, you could hook them up to an engine like like Dolly or Midjourney, and then it could recreate um, from those prompts or whatever text um, in real time, whether it's an image or um, I think there are other engines that uh, allow you to even synthesize videos, generate videos in real time. So you have been working on an autonomous bee habitat, right? Yes. Do you still work on it or are you busy now? I'm, I'm a little busy now, but it's, uh, it's out there. I developed it um, in my undergrad, actually. Out uh, there as in it's mainstream to the public? It's not mainstream okay, to okay. the public. Um, Will it be someday? I really hope so. Um, again, I need, I need to prioritize different things. Totally. Uh, with, between my interests and my obligations and everything I want to, I you know, uh, I want to pursue, it's, it's a bit hard to make those, those decisions. Uh, but can you tell us what your autonomous bee habitat does? How does it save the bees? Because we need them safe. Yeah, yeah. We love the bees. We love them. We need them. Uh, that's out of the question because they've been there for a long time and they've been helping us. So one third of each bite we take in our food is because of, you know, uh, because of bees, because they, you know, they're natural pollinators and uh, they just, they just, they're part of our ecosystem and our, um, you know, um, food, food supply system. Yeah. So they're very critical and we do not actually realize that as, 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 you know, typical humans. Um, but they, they are, their, their numbers have been, have been decreasing. Because what have we been doing to them? Be yeah, I mean, there are different factors and, and it's mostly, uh, because of our actions as as uh, as you know communities as as humans, um, our their urban honey. yeah that's one of them. Our urban expansion has been you know pushing them uh, outside of their natural habitat. You know the all the all the tox toxic elements we keep exposing to them um, and their hives is you know definitely factors in pesticides. Those are like the worst. Um, and also, you know, the unethical, um, you know, honey production um, where, you know, we people, you know, typically bees make honey to feed their kids. And then whatever is excess, you could potentially uh, harvest and, and use for your own good. But people usually um, basically uh, steal the honey and uh, give back uh, water mixed with sugar for the babies so they... Uh, they grew up sick um, and uh, with a lot of immunity issues. And when, you know, they, they, they get sick and, you know, their mites or other sort of diseases going around, um, they unfortunately die very quickly. Mm. So you're creating a habitat where they can be regulated and we can understand how to make them comfortable, self-sustaining, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that's 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 one part of it because uh, this idea is it's it's a kit, it's a sensor kit, and it's got the software basically embedded um, in the toolkit um, 
but also it's got a it's got a mobile app for for beekeepers to mobile monitor beekeeping. Yeah, to monitor what's Genius. happening, because beekeeping is a very um, beneficial practice, but time consuming, and it's been dying because of that. Uh, people get into it for some time, and then they they see how 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 fast our life is, and they need to catch up. So it, they always you know uh, push it to the side. So this idea is to meet them halfway. So by automating. Um, uh, the the system or the beekeeping system by automating the habitat, um, we are actually making beekeepers' uh, job jobs easier, where they can monitor you know multiple beehives instead of just focusing on one with that you know amount of time. Backyard beekeeping. So, what's important to you now? Um, currently, more stability um, in terms of. You know, balancing my 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 work life uh, balance and also you know healthy habits. Um, it's very easy to get lost in one direction. You always have to be in charge and bring back you know balance to your life. Um, and stability could be you know emotional, financial, different types of. So in general, the fusion of all is. Um, what I currently, you know, need, um, and is important to me to to thrive and do better. I feel like you know we have the we have the pyramid where you know it allows us to thrive. So when all the variables are aligned and balanced, we can become the best versions of ourselves. So having that, I'm recreating that for myself, and it's a hard task, and I'm sure it is for other people as well. It's uh, yeah, you need to have discipline, you need to have a plan, um, but also enjoy, you know, enjoy life and have fun. I would say that finding that balance is my focus as well. Well, Serge, thank you for making me feel like I'm going to get my master's in astronautical engineering. You should absolutely do it. <laughs> no, seriously, thank you for donating your time and effort to educating us here tonight. Thank you for all the impactful work you do every single day. And thank you for caring. Like you're seriously changing the world. And that means a lot to me. Thank you. Uh, thanks for seeing it that way. Um, not everyone sees it that way. Um, I'm honestly trying to do my best, um, trying to satisfy my own curiosities by doing the work that I love, um, what I'm good at, and also caring about the world. I feel like it's my calling, it's my purpose, uh, that's my service to the world. Um, and I think everybody should identify a way to contribute to the community, whether they're making the other people happy, feel, you know, make them, make them comfortable to be the, you know, best version of themselves. Um, there are different ways of doing it. Um, and I think this is mine. I'd have to agree. I respect it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Uh, Come back. You've been New a, projects. <laughs> you've been a great host. Um, it was an incredible way to end. Episode yeah. eight. First episode of season two with Serge. Thank you again for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.